looked over here after I got set down and looked at an angle and seen Brother Tim Denton and Sister Sharon Denton here. Man, that's good to have him, them here. They have been fighting the good fight of faith, amen, over the last little while, not only in their just immediately immediate family, but with her her family as well, and just been through it. We've been praying a lot for them, and then Brother Denton comes down and is talking to Sister Sharon Denton the other day, and trying to come home between all the different trouble going on. And she said, "There's just there's just one of me, and there's just so much of you know that I can do." And I about you know, reach my reach my limit here on on what I can do alone, and that's when we just have to stand, Sister Denton, and turn it over to God. And when you've done all you can do to stand, we've, we've exhausted our resources. We just turn it over to God. Hallelujah! But we've been praying for them. So glad that they're here this morning. You're looking a lot better than you was the last time I seen you, Brother Denton. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. Amen. And I've had several come up and ask me how I like my new vehicle. And uh, I said, man, I love it. You haven't had your own just personal vehicle to run around in for 20, 20 some years. Well, you, you, you appreciate one when you get it. Hallelujah. And uh, they surprised me with a truck and uh if you think a Ford is a truck, I know we got a lot of Chevy lovers in the house, and they not real fond of Ford. But I, I tell you what, I just when you're as desperate as me, you take anything. Hallelujah! But I, I appreciate the, all those that w- worked and helped uh, get that truck and presented it to me, and I'm just thankful for that. God bless you, all of y'all that was involved with that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I know February's past, and that's supposed to be the month of love, and man, and everybody's cards and, and chocolate-covered strawberries and whatever, you know, but I know that love goes far beyond that, but that's just the month that seems like the world wants to express theirself in love. But if we're not real careful, when February's over, we go right back to the... Uh, our regular routine and a lot of times not a whole lot of love involved in that whether it's just in a personal relationship a marital relationship or just a church body relationship and uh, you know there's in marriage they talk about the the three C's for uh Happy couples, that's communication, compromise, and commitment. And if we don't have those three things, it's usually not a real healthy relationship. And if sometimes, and myself being included, we just, we just want it our way. We want it our way. And, uh, but sometimes there has to be you know, a compromise. Sometimes I have things going that I think is very important, and sometimes she has things going that's 
very important. I almost said she thinks is important, but I think these things are important. She thinks they're important. And uh, so sometimes we just kind of work between the two to get it all done and just, you know, kind of compromise a little bit on my end, a little bit on her end, and then most of the time everybody's happy. Hallelujah. But it just, it takes love to have that to have a commitment, love to have a commitment and to communicate with one another and then to compromise on things, you know, it's not con as far as concerning truth and the gospel to, co you know, compromise on these things. It doesn't just always have to be uh, your way or her way, you know, but it does have to be God's way, and the way I, it's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning, and uh, man, I want to keep everyone in prayer. There's so much sickness that's going around, and just you know, one day people are feeling good, the next day they're they're down, and uh, my mom may get to come home today from the hospital if she can keep that oxygen level up, and I want you to pray about that, and Sister Cheryl McC. Ken in the hospital again, and uh, need to pray for her. And Tammy Greenwood, not well this morning, and uh, afflicted, but just a lot of sickness, just a lot of sickness. But God's good, and he's our healer. He's exceedingly abundantly above measure, able to do what we could think or ask. Hallelujah. But I just want to talk to us a little bit this morning uh, I may read, and I don't really know what direction I'm going to go with this. I just, uh, on our calendar in February, there was a couple of, of scriptures. One of them was in John 4. Uh, the other one was in Mark 10:45. It said, even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. How many is thankful today for the love of God? Where would we be if God didn't love us? Whether we were worthy or not, you know. I don't, you know, some people have a high opinion of their self, uh, but I myself, Brother Timmy, Tim Ryan, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I needed saving. I needed help. I, I was I was a sinner. I needed help. Oh, Brother Samson, all all I've ever known you was in church. Well, just because you're in church doesn't mean that you're doing everything that you ought to ought to ought to do. Hallelujah. Sometimes we fall. Bible said we've all fell and come short. Right? And be, even though we came short, the Bible said if, 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 we, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We just come back. We don't take our kids. And I know in this culture that we're living in, uh, there's abuse out there. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of what I want to talk about. I'm just going to talk about letting brotherly love continue and just talking about about love this morning. And it just seems like, you know, we we live in a in an abusive world. The Bible talks about lovers of their own selves more than lovers of God, and uh, uh, just it's all about self. And if anything interferes with self, and I have. <clears throat> 
I have some three or four brothers in my acquaintance, and I have worked with them for years and years, and just patient and to the place that sometimes I just I'm I'm sick of fooling with you. I'm done. I'm done. You hear me? I've tried and I've tried, and, and I'm 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 through fooling with you, and uh, I'm I'm not God. And what I'm saying is his, his, his mercy endures forever. His love just keeps on reaching and reaching and reaching. And I just said, I'm done with you. You just, all these years, but he's, this is all I know. I said, no, it's not all you know. I've showed you a different life for the last 25, 30 years. I've showed you there's a different way. You don't have to do what you're doing. Well, it's all I know. One day in my, one of my shortcomings with humanity, I guess you would say, and I was dealing with these boys, I was so aggravated, and uh, they just, and they finally one day looked at me and said, you know what, I've watched you, Kelly, and you, your family, and the way you interact with your family, and your mom and dad, and He said, um, we never had that growing up. We never had a mom and dad that loved us. All we knew that if we came out of our bedroom at night, there was a different man in our home every night. And if we came out of our bedroom and interfered with whatever was going on, we were slapped or kicked, even if we had to go to the bathroom get back in your room and shut the door and stay in there. And that's all we know. At, 11, at seven years old, our aunt looked at us and said, come here. And we took our first hit of marijuana at age seven. And at age 11, the same aunt said, come here, boy. I want to show you something and give them their first hit of meth at 11 and they've been on the road to hell ever since just it's just it's it's just really bizarre to look at the lifestyle and but we never had a dad like you had we never had a mom like you had that loved us and you know brother winkler from that point on it kind of changed my outlook. And even there's still been times that I said, I'm done. I'm just tired. I'm done with, I'm done fooling with you. And tears start rolling down their eyes and cheeks and saying, please, please don't do that to us. You're all that we got, Kelly. You don't know what you mean to us. You're the only anchor that we've had in life. And if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't even be alive today. Just, just that one little bit of an anchor, that one little bit of an example that I set to them had helped them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love these boys, and they're, as, they're as probably as, as, just as worldly as, as worldly can be. And, and I, I, I just I love them, and I, I, I try to help them, and I give to them. And there's been times that I, 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 I've run out of patience, and I've just 
what am I even striving for? And I just want to give up. And then to be told that you're, you, you don't know what you mean to us. And I, so many times, and I looked at myself, you know, I'm doing the same to them that, that I've done to God over the years. I've come short. I've failed. And uh, uh, my relationship with God has not always been, I know you look at ministry a lot of times and think there is a picture of perfection. But I want to tell you something. We have our struggles, we have our battles, we, 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 we fight things, we come short, we lose our patience, we, uh, uh, you know, so, sometimes I read a little deal the other day, he said, you know what a preacher is? It's a preacher that even though he's suffering and, and, and fighting hell, he preaches you into triumph, he preaches you into victory, he preaches faith to you and he gives you the courage to go on another time. That's really what love is. It just keeps on reaching out and it just keeps on giving. But in my humanity sometimes I run a little short and I give up and I, I want to just, you know, just get out of my life. I'm tired of fooling with you. And then I'm brought back to recognition uh, uh, that somebody does need me. Somebody is looking up to me. Somebody is depending on me in, the, in, in their own way. And uh, uh, so it, it woke my eyes up and I just, I've just made up my mind. I'm just going to keep on loving. I'm just going to keep on helping. Uh, I'm just going to keep on giving to these boys. And uh, here lately, just the last few days, one of them that lives uh, in another state, in another town, has just really uh, uh, been on my mind the last few days. And, uh, uh, you, you know, and I know, I, I know the shape he's in. I know what he's involved in. Uh, and I just keep hoping that there's hope. And just a love for him that the first time that we met you know maybe 30 years ago or or you know around that time and just and what he's been through and what he's still going through and sometimes I just question dear God is there any hope and uh, uh, so it, it caused me to realize and today and this morning uh, in study and I just thought of those boys and uh, uh, you know those words going through my mind please Please uh, don't give up on us. Please don't turn your back on us. Please uh, just be patient. I want to change. And uh, I realize that hell from a, from a very young age uh, got such a death grip on their life. Uh, and if I don't work hard and if I don't work fast, uh, uh, it looks like I could lose some of them. One of them already uh, been diagnosed with cancer in just six months to live. Uh, I never did just get to have a whole lot uh, to do with him or be around him but I thought you know uh, all of these others I've just got to keep on loving I just got to keep on caring I've got to keep on uh, reaching out I've got to let brotherly love continue and so many times we run out of patience I'm just so thankful that God has never gave up on me. Only by abiding, and we're going to go to 1 John, or John 4, verse 1 through 21. It's 1 John 4, 1 through 21. 
I'm going to do a lot of reading this morning. I could talk and go on and on and on, but just the word of God sometimes, just here, it's not, it's not by works of righteousness that I've done. And one writer said, I determined not to know anything among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And hearing comes by the word and, the, and hearing comes by the word and, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes it's just the word of God that we need. Only by abiding in love are Christians able to abide in God and God in them in a state of mutual indwelling. If you want to stay in God, if you want to stay in the body of Christ, you're going to dwell in love. You're going to experience love. You're going to show love. And any time you get where hate starts taking over in you, now, I know the Bible talks about anger and sin not. Some of you have probably been mad at me before, maybe for something I've done just in, in the natural or something I said out working or something that uh, that you didn't care for or maybe, but it, maybe even in preaching in the word of God you've got infuriated with me and got angry and maybe you know made statements about me and and, and that's fine but uh, and I, it's anger and I've been through situations where I've got angry I've been through situations brother Caleb where I've been hurt and I've been crushed and I I have called out to God and said if you don't help me in this situation I'm not going to make it I'm talking about serious situations uh, and the Bible talks about in these situations like this, beware unless you let bitterness spring up and you let bitterness get a hold of you. And when this happens, this root of bitterness, when it's just, you may be bitter for a moment, but if it ever takes root in your life and, uh, uh, you know, being on a farm and a ranch and gardening a little bit, uh, there's plants that you can go out there and you can just grab them and jerk them up out of the ground. But you let those things get a tap rut just about that long. Go, go, go try to pull up a seasoned plant of mullen and just try to pull a piece of mullen out of the ground that's got to a large size. I want to tell you something. You're going to, you've got your work to do to pull it up and uh, because it's tap rooted has gone down or a hickory tree man I like to tore a tractor to pieces one time getting a, a little hickory tree out of the ground but that thing's got a root that'll just it'll just go straight down and it'll get around a rock or or, or whatever down there but it's going to it's going to find root and it's going to take hold and you can't hardly get it out and when you do take it out uh, I've seen the root system scatter and go through the flower bed or, or through the, a lot of other grass or plants but when you pull that up and all those roots begin to come up, you do a lot of damage to everything around that. And that's kind of like the, the parable of the sower when they said, look, while we slept, uh, there was an enemy came in. They've sowed tares uh, uh, in our crop and our wheat. They're coming up. Uh, uh, it looks like wheat. It resembles wheat, uh, but it's not wheat. And it's just sucking nutrients out of 
out of the ground. Uh, uh, we need to get it out. And uh, uh, the keeper said, no, let's don't bother that. We'll get it out at the harvest and then the wind. Uh, uh, we'll separate the wheat from the chaff or the wheat from the tares uh, during harvest. Uh, other words, if you go to pulling that up, you're going to damage everything else uh, around. I've seen hatred and bitterness take hold of lives and control lives and destroy lives and destroy health. I've seen people, people literally go to their grave with bitterness and hatred uh, in their heart and uh, uh, just got a root and every, everything, every time you talk to them, uh, everybody that's ever offended them, they can go through it for the last 20 years. Uh, they don't forget and they just spread this and spread this and uh, a lot of times in a family if one uh, you know is offended some way or another they just continually talk about this thing and the Bible said beware when you just dwell on these things uh, because a root of bitterness it, first thing you know it's got a root and it's just not a temporary thing it's rooted and grounded it consumes you that's all you can talk about bitterness hatred has got into your heart and you can't it's hard to get it out and this is what it's talking about only by abiding in love can Christians uh, uh, be able to abide in the family of God or in God and God in them when this this takes place you can understand when you're talking to them that 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 God's love is not in your heart something has took precedence over that it's controlling you. It's ruling you. And the love of God is not there. There's no softness in you. Even uh, Brother Samson being a pastor, there's a lot of times uh, in my prayer life that I have to pray, God, soften my spirit. My spirit's hard. And I, I, I need it softened. I, I, it's just, this is not my norm. This is, this, this is not uh, what I want to be. It's my nature because it's the human nature that's taken control, taken precedence uh, over the will of God and the spirit of God in our life. So we need to guard against bitterness, getting a root and, and, and springing up and defiling everybody around us. I know people that people uh, don't even enjoy being around because all you're going to hear is they done this to me and they done me this away. And uh, uh, I lived like that. I had that in my heart for a long time uh, uh, when I was young I had some boys that got me down and they beat me in the face and in the mouth and I get back up and my mouth was running wide open and it, I was just a little boy but I, I, I uttered things today or then that I'm ashamed of today and this would go on uh, for a ways and they'd get me down and beat me again and I, I grew up with this in my heart a, a bitterness in my heart when I get big enough I'm going to beat both of them to death I'm going to beat them just like they beat me. And I had this in my heart. I lived for years. Uh, and every once in a while, I, I wouldn't think about it for months or maybe a year at a time. But then all of a sudden, it would be back. Yep, that's what I'm going to do when I get big enough. And uh, I'm just kind of running through it today. But it was, it was a bitterness. And I, I aim to, to make things right. I'm going to settle it in my own way. And then one day I ran across one of them and I, I seen them and when they walked out of the house, it reared up in me. And I looked and 
seen what sin had done to him and I was healthy, I was strong and I looked at him and I thought what would even be the use? Sin has took its toll and thank God that I didn't let it just control my life and I released that, I let it go. I let that go, and the other one, you know, is no longer. It's no longer a problem with me. I just, I just learned to go on and just, just love. We've had good times together since then. And but I thought, man, if I would have just grown up with that in my heart and this controlling me, there's no room for the love of God in your heart when you're harboring that. There's no room when you got hatred, envy, malice, strife, jealousy. Jealousy, the Bible said, is cruel as a grave. And that jealousy is usually what's triggered a, 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 a lot of this that's going on, is jealousy, hatred, envy, strife. These are all works of the flesh. These are all manifestations of the flesh, and they're prominent in this flesh. They'll manifest themselves. The Bible talks about or manifest, or these are manifested. How do we keep it? We keep, we go to the prayer room and we pray that God would soften our spirit. Just make my heart a seed, a seed bed. Springtime coming on. I'm already talking to people that are, that are planting seed. Brother Zach and Sister Alexis tell me they planted and they already got their cucumbers are already up like a couple inches and they got them in little containers and a day or two they're going to have to go out there uh, when the weather gets appropriate and they're going to have to put them uh, in a seed bed so they can finish maturing and growing. And uh, a lot of times if our heart is not prepared properly and the right nutrients is, 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 is there and uh, uh, man I got, I got just the last couple years I want to do a garden brother uh, Dusty Chandler come and fix me some raised flower beds so I don't have or uh, garden beds God forbid I hate watering flowers I do that enough in the summer but garden bed but I, I've got to get out there and I'm going to prepare a seed bed I'm going to fix it where the weeds can't uh, control my little crop that I I want to that I want to plant and I want it to grow and I want it to flourish and a lot of times we struggle with with living for God and we wonder what the struggle is but usually it's things that we've allowed in our heart that God just can't fully mature inside our heart the the, the ground is not proper it's stony it's rocky it's thorny and that's a whole nother a message for another time the the parable of the sower uh, but what I'm talking about this morning is getting that heart uh, prepared, keeping it soft, get it loosened up, uh, get everything away out of it that's not supposed to be in there and let that love of God come down and dwell in your heart and then it's going to flourish and it's going to come forth and you know what you can produce? You can produce uh, the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible said you know them by the fruits that they bear. If something ain't right in here and you hear bitterness, anger, hate and stuff spewing out of their mouth, you know one thing, they need a prayer meeting. They need to fast. They need to read the word of God. They need to get closer to God because they're not prepared and God is not being 
manifested in their life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Abiding in love, and that's the way you do. You just abide in love. And I know there's different kinds of love. There are, uh, you know, for spouses, the love between uh, uh, spouses is, is one thing. And then a mother's love uh, for a child that usually goes uh, a little beyond. Love for that child makes that mother, uh, uh, you know, somebody in a burn, when a burning a building is burning and if their loved one is on the inside or they even think uh, uh, that it's on the inside and uh, the people have literally have had to tackle mothers and, and dads down uh, to keep them from running back into a burning building what causes that that love for that child and that's that 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 is a that is a great love for that child and but you know somebody else's child can be acting like a little little demon and they'll look at that child and say if that was my kid I'd beat the back off of them I'd teach them how to act in public and they're you know just a few minutes before their little devil was tearing the curtains down and ripping things off the wall and they look at ain't he cute he's so cute well, you know, he's not. He's a little devil. But that's agape love. Agape love in the Greek is unconditional. Unconditional. Divine love or unconditional. Hallelujah. So the love of God in our heart. If you've got agape love, as, as, as the Bible talks about, it's unconditional. You just keep loving. You just keep giving it's not when somebody uh, like the boys that I talked about are not doing exactly like we want them to do. I'm done with you. I want you out of my life. Don't even want to see you again. That's not unconditional. That's not divine love. The love of God just keeps pouring and giving and pouring and giving. Each, each one of us, we've had, we've had children that are wayward. Sometimes I get so mad, and I just made the statement the other day, I'm done. I'm done. I've pushed. I've given. I've tried. I'm done. Thank God for a good wife. No, you're not. You just, you're just angry. You're just upset. And I am. So in a day or two, I get to thinking about it, and my heart softens up. You know, kind of like a good spring rain when the ground is so hard and so packed and everything's struggling to grow, and all of a sudden we just get one of those slow rains, and it just rains and drizzles all day long, and the ground just softens up, washes the dust off everything, everything greens up and just begins to spring and grow again. Well, that's what the love of God does when you come and you humble yourself, but you have to humble yourself. What did I preach about that? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. The many facets of, of, of forgiveness and of love. Just humbling yourself and repent. Turn around. Turn away from, repent. We just look at that, you know, to avoid judgment, we need to repent. No, you need to humble yourself and repent. And turn from your ways. Turn around. Repent means to turn around. But it says humble, repent, and turn from your wicked ways. 
And when these things happen, the Bible said, then I'm going to heal your land. Then I'm going to send that spring rain. Then I'm going to send that, that little drizzle in a drought, not just something that will come in and wash all the topsoil away, but I'm talking about that will get in and loosen that soil. And that, that's what the love of God will do if you will let it into your heart and get self out of the way. It'll soften that heart and the, the situations that you once was looking at it with hatred, anger, bitterness. God will just melt that away and just take it away. And you feel so relieved. You feel so, sometimes when you just release a lot of these things, it, it don't matter anymore. It don't matter anymore. Sister Samson, just yesterday, things we've, good Lord, we got everything I, I've made the statement for, everything that I've ever broke, it belonged to Grandma. My, she's had, got a lot of family that's deceased and, uh, have left her little things and they mean so much to her and her mom and dad and you know everything that happens in the house you know it's got a sentimental value to it but the other, yesterday and uh, I know she's getting some age on her when this starts taking place but she said I'm just gonna some of this stuff I'm just gonna let go I'm just gonna let go and uh one day she made the decision, every, every grave, and there were so many of them, very expensive. And one day she made the statement, I'm just, I'm going to let some of this go. And so she went to the f different families that always depended on her to do it. A lot of times they would come and they had interest, but, you know, Cat always did it, so Aunt Cat's going to do it, or Sister Sampson's going to do it. But she'd come to the place, I'm just going to let some of this go and uh, so she delegated different ones to take care of the different graves and stuff but just to let it go and sometimes it's hard to let it go and uh, yesterday she was going to give up some things but then come to find out later on she just kind of stored them in a in a cedar chest instead of just completely getting letting them go but a lot of times we do that in the spiritual well I'm going to let it go but we, we just keep it right here just in case something rises up and we can reach back and grab it and say, but you, look what you did and you done this and I've never forgot it. Well, I read a little article the other day and it said if you can't forgive and forget, just pick one, just pick one. And we've all got scars in our life and things that's happened. I've shared just a few with you this morning for myself that I'll never forget. I'll never forget how some people treated me. It, it put a lasting impression in my heart. But if I can't forget it, I can forgive. Just that forgiveness and that love of God that's shed abroad in our heart that agape love, that unconditional love. Paul talked about, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, the spirits I've talked about, you can sometimes recognize that somebody's not of God. Now, they may look holy, dress holy, act holy until 
certain things occur and then all of a sudden whoosh there it is like throwing gas like brother Zach was talking about uh, it didn't look like everything looked like everything was all right until the wind started blowing man I looked up and uh, the thing was moving moving to the north and I've seen that coming down off of the hill and I very quickly because I live north of brother Zach and sister Kira and I said he answered the phone. I said, please tell me this is a controlled burn. He said, well, at the moment it is, but he said, I don't know. So I said, well, if it gets out of hand, call me. So you get, you get concerned, but this thing all of a sudden, and we've had it happen before, you know, have a burn going on. It's, everything goes out, especially this time of the year. All of a sudden, we can have gusts 40, 50 mile an hour. Just experienced them uh, the other day, and it stirs up the coals. The coals hit something combustible, and next thing you know, you got fire department all over your farm. And I had that happen to me four times in one month, some of it my own doing. But it's not a good thing, but when, the, when this thing is fanned and stirred up, just the right combination it finds out whether we're a Christian or not. Just the right combination finds out if we've forgiven or not. So you see this spirit manifest in itself and you say, well, so we pray for them because they, we know that they need to pray and they need to forgive and they need to let some things go. But cause many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come, came in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist. What's an Antichrist? Anything that opposes God. That spirit of the Antichrist. Now, a lot of times we look for this man of sin to be revealed that takes away the daily sacrifice in, in Revelations. But no, uh, Antichrist is one that opposes God. And, and, and he is all of those things. He's going to exalt himself, uh, you know, and, and, and take away the daily sacrifice. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. But anything that opposes Christ, and when you've got this spirit a hold of you, this anger, anger, malice, envy, strife, jealousy has got a hold of you, and something in your past has taken control of you, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. That's opposing Christ because hatred and anger is building up in your heart and that's not of God you have heard that it should come and it's even now already in the world it's here you're of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world if you know and these things are controlling you your life your thoughts your mental intellect, if it's controlling all these things, you know one thing. It's not of God. It's not of you. You're of God, little children, have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. When this opposing spirit of the Antichrist takes a hold of you, opposition to God, it's going to manifest itself. And it's becoming greater than what you are. And if you keep this 
deeds of this flesh mortified, uh, the words dead, killed, destroyed. It can't get greater than the love of God that's in you. And when these things happen, it's on a balance. It's, it's controlling you. There's more of the world in you than there is God. That's why we do like Brother Samson, my spirit. God softened my heart. My spirit gets hard. You know, sometimes when church situations are going on, I want to get up like the elders used to do, and I, and I want to I I handle it, you know. And I'd like to just say, and you, buddy. And I've seen that done in the past, but it, it's, it's, it's just not the proper way, and you can't do that anymore. It just won't work like that. But sometimes that's my attitude. That's my mentality. I've even had, to, I've let somebody else preach because situations, and maybe in life or in the church, was starting to dominate my thinking. In other words, it was getting more, more carnal than it was spiritual. And that agape love, that unconditional love was dissipating and this wanting to handle it like I want to handle it. Then I got to remember like Brother Copeland preached about a sword bathed in heaven. Sometimes I want to take that sword, Brother Nathan, in my own hand and I want to handle those situations. It's not bathed in heaven. It's not bathed in the anointing. My flesh is taking control. And so you know that, that, that something's out of balance. So you, you go back to the prayer room and say, God, soften my spirit, soften my heart. Don't let my bad attitude bleed over into my pulpit ministry. Because you know why? Many will be affected when I start that. So I want an unconditional love. And I know a lot of times some of you sit here and I don't handle situations as quickly as you think that I ought to. It may be because I've prayed more than you have that day or in that situation. And I'm not handling it like you're handling it because your flesh has taken precedence. So we go back and we soften the heart. Plant a little seed of love in there and let it begin to grow and, and, and prosper instead of splitting the church. We grow a church. The Bible said, Blessed are they that love my law, and nothing shall offend them. So if you're easily offended all the time, maybe you need to go back and pray. Maybe you need to go to your brother, like I talked about. And you get down and pray and you've got that anger, hatred, malice in your heart and you're thinking about the one that maybe owes you some money. Maybe, you know, said a little something to you that took you wrong. There, you know, I, you could say about anything to me. I'll take the grain of salt, maybe pop something off back to you and just go on. But there's some, they can dish it out, but they can't take it in. And they got... They got grudges in their heart today. Brother Nathaniel was talking to me the other day about, he was talking to a person and he said, no, he said, there ain't no way you're going to be saved. Well, Brother Nathaniel, he can be kind of blunt. You know, we've seen that the other day. His son had to sit back there giving him the, 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 
cutthroat motion, you know, to keep him uh, under control because he had some things that was bothering me. He was getting away from that agape love and kind of just wanting to tell them like it was, and sometimes that's needed, uh, but it's, it's, it's hard to take. But he said, you, you won't forgive. Every time we get to talking, you talk about stuff 40 years ago, plumb off 2,000 miles away that happened. You can't forgive. You're not going to be saved. Well, it caused the person to realize a little bit, you know, and sometimes we just need to be jerked back to reality. Not my will, but thy will be done. Is that the way he commanded? Was that in Matthew when he commanded to pray? How should we pray? Well, just pray after this manner. And I mean, and I thank God for the prayer warriors that we have in this, in this, in this assembly, and man, in the in the in the prayer rooms, and and the man, they they they're intercessors. They can travail. They know how to pray. They know how to touch touch the throne. And I, people that I see struggling with offenses and hurt and uh, malice and all these things. Usually you don't see them in the prayer room. You don't hear their voice ringing out because they've never learned how to make intercessory prayer. Why don't you just get in that prayer room? Just, just I'm going to go in the prayer room tonight. Well, I don't really know how to pray. Just sometimes go in there and listen to some of those intercessors that's interceding and, and, and travailing and pouring their heart out to God. Just go in there and listen to it. Well, it's so loud, I can't stand it. Well, you just, you, that's what you need. You just need to humble yourself and get in a prayer room. That takes care of a lot of these offenses that spring up all over. You're just not praying. You've got aggravated about something. You want your way, and it's going to, I'm going to get my way, or bless God, I'm going to split the church. So like the pillars of the assembly. What was her name? Doris and... Whatever he said, yeah, okay, Doris, you know what this calls for. He's talking with his wife. It was just kind of a comedy deal. It was pillars of the assembly. I hope to God I don't have any pillars like that in this assembly. But he wasn't getting his way. He wasn't getting the color of carpet he wanted. And he got all upset. And him and his wife sitting at home. Blah, 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 blah. A man going and doing this with his wife, knowing that she's the weaker vessel and she loves him. He's going to get, she's going to get on board with him, and that's why they do that. And uh, so they finally, you know what this calls for, Doris? El Splito. They're going to split the church because he didn't get the kind of carpet that he wanted. He said, we've done it before. We can do it again. Well, Lord, I, uh, the el my elders said, I'm a, I'm a builder, not a wrecker. And uh, man, in the building phases, we've, we've seen people, uh, I remember Brother Darren and Brother Keith when we was doing the home, ch the church in Racine, tearing that thing out. They tore out more in 30 minutes or an hour than we could build back in, 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 a, in a week. They take them hammers, they can knock that brick out and scatter it. And that's, that's a good thing. That was needed, but there come a time that we needed builders. We needed somebody to put something back that would, would tear, uh, stand the test of time. We don't need th wreckers. We don't need things in, 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 that's in, 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 the, in the spirit that's going to deteriorate. And I sat in my home. God's blessed us with a nice home. And I've sat there for the last few years, and I noticed in the corner of the windows, I seen that it was kind of turning down. 
And I thought, well, those great big large windows, they're kind of condensating, and that's just pine in that seal there, and that's kind of just probably getting wet, and the pine is real susceptible to this rotting out, so I'll fix that. Well, it went on a couple of years, and I just kind of placed something maybe in front so it wouldn't be so noticeable when we had company. Will it come to the place? This has got to be fixed. Well, two of these windows probably weigh six or seven hundred pounds, and the ones on the, on the sides are, are, are pretty heavy too, so uh, we're just going to jump in there and fix this little thing on the surface here. Brother McKeon, my brother-in-law, come in and, and was helping me with, with this thing, and it, man, it, you talk about getting into a mess. There was more there than what met the eye. It had rotted down into the cripples underneath the window. It had got down into the three-quarter tongue and groove plywood right there on the, the big front that goes out at an angle, and then uh, it got in behind the siding. It got in to the rim joist and the floor joist. And uh, man, the first thing you know, we the seal, uh, the seal plate, the rim joist, the uh, the floor joist. It, it was a bad thing. And man, we uh, had to work with them windows and try to keep those things up. But on the appearance, it looked like just any day we could jump in here in a few hours. <clears throat> and have this done. But man, before it was over, we had tongue and groove wood tore off 10, 12 foot up the wall. We had everything but the windows out on the ground and, and uh, uh, it was a major uh, situation. What was it from? Well, on the surface, it looked like at any time it could be taken care of, but all along down below where I couldn't see and uh, it was deteriorating and it was rotten. Do you understand where I'm going this morning? A lot of you got little things in your life and pretty soon it becomes not just a little thing, but it becomes an offense. And then it begins to work, be work on something even different that it's so deep that it affects your character, it affects your life, it affects your relationship with your children, it affects your marital relationship with the spouse. And it's big problems. Instead of 30 minutes, it's going to take days to fix it. And if you let this thing get a hold of you and work down in your heart, it'll drive you that you just want to go somewhere else. I don't know why you'd want to go somewhere else. As far as I'm concerned, and maybe it's just me right now because my heart's soft and my spirit's right, that I think this is the greatest place in the world. Why, what, what, what more could you ask for than what we have going on right here? We got revival. We got good worship. We got, uh, we got good Sunday school facility. We got Christian school. We got Bible quizzers and, and, and they're champions at, at what they're doing. Man, we got revival schedule here in just a few days. We, we just got it going on. But if you're not careful, there's going to be a deterioration that takes place. My niece, Brother John's daughter, Johnny McKeon's daughter, in, in Tulsa right now. One, day, one morning, she just the other day, she was in bed. They live in a nice home on the golf course. Everything looked good. One morning, there was a crash and a breaking and just a, a, a horrible 
sound taking place and she comes up. The moisture had been getting in under the home and uh, uh, they're already at a hundred and some thousand dollars into this, this repair uh, bill and having to go in underneath and shore uh, things up and everything looked good on the outside. That's times that's the way a lot of Christians are. They look so good on the outside. But man, it's, they're just like a time bomb. They're waiting and they harbor this bitterness for years and years. They get wounded, they get hurt or offended. And they may go for months, they may go for years, and one day they just blow up. I'm out of here. I'm just out of here. I'm done. What happened to the agape love? What happened to the unconditional love? I'm here for the long haul. I'm, I've been here 23 years. Has it ever went my way or not went my way? You better know it. There's been a lot of times I didn't get my way. There's been a lot of times someone's looked at me and said, that's a dumb idea. That ain't going to work. What even made you think of that? Did I get offended? I'm just going to go somewhere. Because no. Because wherever you go, not everybody's going to agree with you because the Bible said every man's right in his own eyes. But a lot of times, back to what I'm talking about, if we think we're right, I've got every right to feel like I feel. No, you've got every right to forgive. You've got every right to have this agape love, this divine, unconditional love, divine the love of God in our heart. They're of the world. They speak of the world. The world heareth them. So what do you want to listen to? You want to listen to a man of God? You want to listen to the word of God? Or do you want to listen to an expert? I have a minister friend, one of the, probably one of the greatest ministers in the apostolic ranks, having marital trouble, took his wife to marital counseling. Six weeks later, the, the counselor had his wife, and he was at home without nothing. I think sometimes we just need to get, take this word of God and read it and obey it. When it cramps our style, it cramps our flesh. Cause, you know, Don't get bitter over the word of God. Now, if I get out of the word of God and I'm not preaching and I start preaching something I can't back up by the word of God, I always say, don't do as I do, don't, don't do as I say do, do as I do. In other words, follow the example. And if I'm just preaching the word, they said, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You need to understand when you're starting to err. You need to understand when you're getting off track. You need to understand when it's not of God. Adultery, fornication, hatred, all of these things, it's not of God. Don't say you're a Christian when you're doing these things. Don't say that you love God when you're doing these things. Because that's not what God is. God's love. God's gentle. God's a gentleman. He don't force himself on you. He won't come in here this morning and grab you by the nap of the neck and drag you up here to the altar and slam your face down on the altar and say, you pray, boy, until you pray through. God won't do that. Now, he will draw you with his spirit. And if you'll just open up and let that love of God come in, it'll be so much different. 
But if you're just running and you're resisting and you're resisting and you're resisting, every man, he, he seeketh, the Bible, what's it said? Seeketh not his own. Love don't seek its own way. Love doesn't always have to have its own way. It don't build itself up. That's love. It's, 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 it's so wide. It's so hard to deal with without, you know, chasing rabbits and going down avenues. But he said, here's what it is. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and we know the spirit of error. We know when it's right. We know when it's not right. I could have just preached this message this morning uh, like Brother Roy Riley. You know what right is? Yeah. You know what wrong is? Yeah. You know what right is? Yes. Well, just do right. If you know the difference between wrong and right, just do right. I could have said that this morning and dismissed, but I, I want to jar our memory this morning and our thinking. Verse 7, it's getting into the, to the grid of the matter. That's what, he, that, what the writer's talking about. It said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And he, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In other words, don't confess if you've got a heart full of hatred and unforgiveness. Sometimes you just need to trust the man of God. Now, not some not false doctrine and following off some wacko trail like they did in Guyana and everybody drank, you know, poison grape juice and that kind of junk. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. But God positioned me here. God chose me here. I'm not building up myself. I am just the pastor here. Follow me as I follow Christ. But he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. We know the scripture, greater love hath no man than what? This. And this is what we're talking about. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but God loved us. And he sent his son to be a propitiation, an atonement. That's what it means for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If he loved me in the state that I came from, in my testimony, I know personally that there's others in here that go, if you want to use the terminology, farther into the gutter than what I even was. But I was as lost as they were. And if you're sitting in this congregation today and you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you're as lost as the worst drug addict in this community. Just because of unforgiveness and not loving somebody like you ought to. Forget those that done you wrong. Just look at what God done for you. When you was unworthy, he sent his only begotten son for the supreme sacrifice. Didn't matter what you were doing. 
I might have been carnal. You might have been an addict. You might have been a victim of substance abuse. Uh, you may have been a porno, uh, porn addict. Uh, you know, you, you may have been a lot of things, an adulterer and a fornicator, whatever. And, and, and people want to categorize a lot of times the sin, but you're just as lost as can be. Like Brother Stanley Dunn, when he got lost down in Cooks and Hills. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that place, but it's kind of a wilderness down there. He had a big old Jap rifle, heavy thing. I think they give it to him because nobody else wanted to carry it. And, of course, Brother Stanley, which he's capable of this kind of stuff, he gets lost he gets separated from everybody else and it starts raining and it's, it's raining and he's lost in these hills and he's just finally this gun so heavy that he's just got it by the barrel and he's just dragging it through the woods. And finally he sees a light in the distance and in the darkness and he's been in this wilderness for so long. This ought to be the way some of us ought to feel out of his darkness into marvelous light what God's done for me God forgave me when I was worthy of death he forgave me and, but Brother Stanley is coming and he's dragging this and he sees a light however far visibility was and he heads toward the light and when he gets there he's so distraught when he comes he just comes up on the porch he's dragging this now you Visualize yourself sitting in the comforts of your home during a storm with your family and you're all in sitting in the living room and all of a sudden your door bursts open and in walks a guy that's been lost for several hours in this wilderness. He's dragging a rifle nearly as big as he is and he walked in and right in the middle of him he looked at him and he kind of got confused on what he was he said, I'm as lost as a hell in a goose storm, he said. Well, sometimes we're not just lost as a goose in a hell storm. We're lost as hell in a goose storm. And, uh, you know, but he was distraught. He needed help. And he realized that I need help. However, I worded it. They knew he worded it. He knew that they knew that he was lost and he needed direction and help. And he got that. I'm trying to point you to somebody this morning. It doesn't matter how lost you may or discombobulated, as the old timers used to say, that you are confused. I always make the statement that we got GPS in this day and age that we live in. It's global positioning system. It will drive your cars. It will, uh, it will tell you where you need to go. It don't matter if you're hiking, you're driving, you're biking, uh, global positioning. You, you always know your position uh, in this world. And when my dad's funeral, I made the statement, Brother Caleb, I believe, just talked about my dad the other day when they talked about they have proven where the Israelites crossed that it was only knee-deep water. And you believe that was so miraculous. My dad said, I believe every word of it. 
He said, and to me, if that's what happened, that's a greater miracle than what I believe it's recorded in the Bible. God just drowned a whole army, chariots and all, in knee-deep water. So he said, that's a bigger miracle than what it else. But my dad positioned himself. When my dad died and we uncovered him, when hospice came and we uncovered him, when we pulled back the blanket, I've often told how he read the word of God all of his life. He related stories and would just get into it with such uh, emotion and, and reality telling these Bible stories uh, but the word of God meant that much and I, I talked about a lot of times we position our, globally position ourselves uh, uh, in this world but my dad it was a GPS for my dad it was BPS it was Bible positioning uh, that was his system for dealing with this world was that word of God and no man has seen God at any time if we love one another God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Uh, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is a Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he and God. And we have known and believed the love of God hath to us. The love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. You want that perfect love? You want that agape love? Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so as he is, so are we in the world. If you're sitting here today with a fear of judgment in your heart, you're dreading that day to come. The Bible said it's, it's a dreadful day, great and dreadful that fearful day of the Lord. There's several different words that describe this day of judgment that's coming. The Bible said if, if God's greater in your heart, there's no condemnation. Love is made perfect in judgment. When you've loved and you've loved unconditionally and you've forgiven whatever circumstances in life, and I know there's some tragic ones out there. I've heard horror stories. I know they're out there. But I know one thing. If you can perfect love in your heart, the fear of judgment it's not going to be there. The Bible t- said, who looking forward to his glorious appearing. Come, come on, Lord, I, I'm ready. There's therefore now no condemnation in my heart. I'm forgiven this morning. I'm letting it all go this morning, God. Everything in the past. A lot of times we didn't have anything to do with happening. it happening. We had no control over it. We had no control over it, but over the years, it took control of us. 
and it's controlling us. Some of us controlling us this morning. It's there. You've tried over and over again to forgive and forget. And it comes back. You want perfect love? There's no, there's no fear in love. I don't fear my wife because I know I love her and I know she loves me. I don't have to fear her. I can lay down with, with perfect peace beside her because there's perfect love there. When hate's controlling you, it'll, it'll take precedence. It'll make you do, it'll make you act. It'll destroy you. But there's no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You know why we love him? Because he loved us first. Now you may have been attracted to somebody You may be guilty of an, an imaginal romance. I've not seen really any such thing as a one-sided relationship. You know why we love God? Because he loved us. He forgave us when we were unworthy. He, he forgave us when we'd done wrong. He forgave us when we, when we sinned and we could come back to him. We don't cast our children out just because they were disobedient. We correct them and go on. Sometimes God sends a little correction to us. I, I've had that treatment. I'll tell you what I like better, brother. Oh, I'm telling you, Brother Winkler, I, I, I like the love of God. I, I, I've been on that punishment side. I, I've been on the side where he just sent trouble, 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 trouble till he got my attention. And man, when I'm at church and I'm in perfect love and there's no condemnation in my heart and I can find peace over whatever situation is tormenting me because I know that he loves me and he's supporting me and I can give him my everything. I can submit to him because he loved me. And that's why that I love him because he first loved us. And if a man say, I, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In other words, you've not seen, you've not experienced the love of God. If you don't know God, you don't really know the true definition of love. And that's why you find trouble of loving. Because you've not let God take control and experience the full dimensional terms of God's love he just loves us and he just keeps loving us and this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God loveth his brother also what are you talking about just come in and get it right sometimes people don't even know that you're all upset and been offended by something they said that you said. And sometimes somebody tells them you said and it wasn't said or it was taken out of, pers uh, uh, you know, out of, out of pers perspective. It, it was all changed around. 
and you're sitting around and you're offended and you're, you're white-eyeing them across the building and this is all building up inside. And a lot of times all it takes to resolve this thing and then not eating at you for days is just to go to them and say, look, I don't know if there's anything to it or not, but this is the thoughts that I've had. And I don't want this. I want to go to this church. I want to be a part of this church and this thing that's eating me up, this thing that's destroying me and my life and it's going to bleed over into your children. Have you got time for one more story about the church that got in a dispute with the whether the piano should the new piano should set up on the 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 balcony the platform or should it sit down on the lower level because they couldn't please everybody those that didn't get their way and they set it up where a piano ought to go how stupid would it look to be down there and I'm probably offending some of you that think it ought to be down there this morning but for 30 some years this father spewed over this dispute because they didn't put it where he wanted it he jerked himself out of church his wife out of church his children out of church 30-some years later on the workforce, somebody invited a young man to church that had never experienced God in his life in 30, over 30 years. They just kept on inviting him, inviting him, so one night he went. And when he went, he experienced the love of God. Everything about religion that he had heard from his grandfather into his parents and into him. He released it. He let it go. He came up and experienced the love of God. God filled him with the Holy Ghost and he got baptized. On his way home, he was so excited about his experience that he stopped by Grandpa's house to share his experience. I got the Holy Ghost. Grandpa said, that's good, son. I'm proud of you, son. He said, after they talked for a while and jubilant and excited, he said, where did you go? And he said, oh, he said, I went to the, not knowing, not knowing. He said, I went to such and such church down the road. And his grandpa's face got blood red. went into a rage telling his son he had rather grandson that he had rather he never went there he said I used to go to that church he said well grandpa what happened it, you know it, it was so so wonderful such a such a marvelous experience he said we used to go there he said well what happened he said we got an argument over where the piano sat whether it should have been on the platform or down on the main floor. And he said, they didn't put it where we wanted and we left that church and we ain't been back. Now we're into the third generation of children unsaved and experienced the life of God. 38 years later, here's this poison and it's spewing. 
So the grandson casually, when Grandpa calms down, he said, which side were you on, Grandpa? Grandpa got kind of a startled look on his face, hollered into the kitchen. He said, hey, Mom. He said, which side was we on anyway? This is a true story. Which side was we on? At this point, he don't remember who was right or wrong. He don't even remember which side he's on. All he knows is there's hatred and bitterness that's in his heart. And it's blinded everything else to where he forgot the main problem. And for 38 years, all of his family, his children, and now his grandchildren are lost because of a root of bitterness that sprang up and dwelling on it and dwelling on it and dwelling on it. I don't know who was right or wrong. That's what the spirit of the Antichrist, that's this thing that opposes God. If he can get it in your heart, a lot of times, six months down the road, the reason you're so upset is so trivalent and, ir and irrelevant that you're almost even ashamed to admit that you got upset over it. But don't let it get a hold of you. Keep the love of God. The, he said the love of God doth abound in our heart. It ought to be bubbling, flowing over. Oh, God, it don't matter. I... I, I Look, let's just be happy. Let's just have on, a great yeah. church and, and, and love your brother and get, get forgiveness in your heart instead of the, the malice, hatred, jealousy, and all of these things as you stand to your feet today. I'm not even going to ask you to come to the altar today. I, I just want you to stand and I just want you to take inventory in your heart. See what's there. See what's deteriorating the love of God in your heart, the main structure in your life, like Brother Samson's house and my niece's home. Just all of a sudden, it just started caving in in her home. What's going on? I live in a gated community. I live on the golf course. I live in a nice home. And all of a sudden, it's just tumbling in. And the love of God has been pushed out. Things contaminate your heart. Things that you've held in your heart forever. Offenses. Just let it go this morning and say, God, I just want to experience your love. I'm just giving it up today. I'm just turning it over to you. Could you pray that with me today? It's sincerity. From today, it's going to be different. That even I wouldn't go. There's going to be a change. I had some things hidden there. Nobody may know. I it. didn't want no one to know. But he handed me the key. With tears of love on his face. He said, I want to make you clean. So let me in your secret place. Why don't you just drop the defenses this morning and let God do it? there's a place in my heart. Just let God work on your heart this morning. That even I wouldn't go. Come on, we all got those places that we don't want to open up to. 
ready. Go 